In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he shouldn't be He shouldn't be there. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out. I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, this is the Betches Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat, tell me process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, news director at Betches. I'm Elise Morales, a comedian and writer of the Betches Sub newsletter for a little while longer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Millie Tamaris, comedian and sub video contributor. That little pause there, Elise. I was like, I thought we had two more weeks. <laughs> She's just here for moral it's support like, today. <laughs> for a little while longer. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. In case you um, did not listen to our episode last week or see any of our posts, we did announce that the podcast is going to be taking a bit of a hiatus and Millie and Elise are moving on to some new opportunities. So uh, their last podcast with us will be next week, uh, September 28th, and then we'll pop off for, for a little hiatus. For more information about that, definitely listen to that episode and uh, we will we will be checking in more and doing some, some fun like retrospective uh, stuff in some of the upcoming episodes. But But to start today... The question I want to ask you both most urgently this morning is that have you heard there is a missing fighter jet in the air somewhere with no pilot? And no, but no, they don't know where. I didn't know. I didn't know it didn't have a pilot. <laughs> also, um, I mean, yeah, I Plot guess. Plot twist. I guess it, it, the premise of it being missing means no one knows where, right? <laughs> Fair. Yeah, I mean, this was something that I, as I was get, doing the newsletter this morning, I learned. And um, I guess it would be more nefarious if we were like, there's a missing jet and it has a pilot. I'd be like, oh, no. That's true. Where, yeah. where, where's he? Where's he headed? But there mm -hmm. is something crazy about the idea that it's just flying around up there. Where's it going? And the I'm, fact I'm that, also, like, like, is it going to crash? That's what I'm really worried about. If it has not crashed already, so it's like right now, it's sort of like, oh, it's just. I I would think that like I we talk all the time about how the United States military is really like has, has the height of capabilities, can do anything, and I'm like, you don't know where the fighter jet is. Apparently, it's like black box is not working. The 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 pilot ejected themselves because of a mishap. I don't know why I'm laughing. I just wish I could do that. Just, just eject myself generally from a situation. The pilot's fine. So, the you pilot, know. We don't know what happened to the pilot. They ejected themselves, survived, and went to a hospital. It sounds like maybe they're experiencing some sort of medical event. But the jet transponder isn't working. So the government doesn't know where it is. And they've appealed to the public to come forward with any, with any sightings. And, you know, I... I allow my government to ask a lot from me, but like when they're like, hey, we can't find this this jet. I think it's somewhere over South Carolina if it hasn't I've, crashed already. Two points. <laughs> this jet costs more than 
an entire university probably. And also, I mean, you want to talk about child tax credit and what could be used like this fucking missing jet absolutely could have covered child tax credit. On top of that, I'm just saying, as we're talking about strikes in Hollywood, AI is not always better. And Tom Cruise would never get like like Maverick and none of those top Mm -mm. gun motherfuckers would ever go missing like this. But I, I, but then I was, as I was thinking that, I'm like, R.I.P. Amelia, Amelia Earhart. We don't know where that <laughs> bitch is still. So I don't two know. Thoughts, women's rights, thoughts. women's wrongs. Oh, Millie, AI. your brain, There's a your lot. brain, my brain. Just two very distinct thoughts crystallized immediately. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> this plane costs 156 million dollars, and they can't find it. Like the fundamental thing that every plane does, where you're supposed to be able to know where it is, they don't know where it is. 156 million dollars. Wow. To lose a plane. I mean, I know that like these like fighter jets are supposed to like they're supposed to be stealth. They have like stealth capabilities (laughs) and all this shit. So I'm like, what do you think like people on the yeah, like you made it so that we can't see it like that. So why are you gonna now say tell people in South Carolina, like, hey, look up and let us know if you see this thing that we like kind of made invisible. Mm -hmm. It's not on us to find this plane. I mean Mm -hmm. no way. If ever there was a job for the Chinese balloon. <laughs> That's a great mashup. The the pilotless fighter jet and the Chinese spy balloon. And, and I'm going to throw in the stuck boat. It's giving me stuck boat energy as well. All right. Well, for before we get into it today, I'm curious about uh, you guys' weekends. I'm going to start uh, referring to, um, you know, illicit behavior uh, as synonymous with the uh, with the Republican congresswoman or elected who has come to represent that behavior. So wondering if you guys pulled any Lauren Boebert's or Christy Gnomes this weekend. Instead of saying second base, I think we should start saying, did you did you go to Lauren Boebert in a movie theater? <laughs> okay, wait, because second, what's second base to you? Because now I'm like, okay, what's going on? Well, that's, I guess, we don't know what happened in the video. I mean, okay, so the video definitely shows him fondling her breasts. For sure. And her giving an o- over the pants HJ. You guys uh, but saw our that? HJ's, yeah. Well, you didn't well, see that? Well, she grabs his crotch. The hand is going into the crotch region. It was, maybe it wasn't to completion, but there was some tugging. <laughs> or yeah, some it was a Bill grabbing. Clinton. Rubbing. It was the Bill Clinton approach. Her oh hand God. was moving in the area of his crotch. I mean, I do think that there is a question, because for me, I would say second base is feeling someone up. That was my understanding as a child. Home is sex. First base is kissing, second base, and then third base is mouth stuff. Yes, but I don't know where a hand job is. This is where everyone finds out I'm a virgin. Yeah. (laughs) Millie's like, wait, hold on. Let me write this down. Um, Yeah. All all the times you've referenced taking plan B, we're just, you're just fucking around. (laughs) I just like the taste. (laughs) (laughs) And the Mexican taste a little bit spicy. Um, It makes me feel. feel, No, um, no, because for a long time, hook up. I thought like hookup mm-hmm. meant just kissing someone really? or messing around and then hook up with people who are like, no, fucking. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure I'm on the same page. I think at a certain age, it just yeah. shifts. I think at around like 19, sure. it shifts from everything but to like, if you hooked up, we, we all know what's what's happening. You're pulling a, you're pulling a, you're, you're doing what a 
governor, South Dakota governor, Christy Nome is apparently doing with former okay, Trump so aide Corey Lewandowski. You're asking us, sorry, go, to go to the first question, you're asking me and Elise if we went to a Denver production of Beetlejuice and got our titties felt up while we didn't over the pants. It's strange. I'm going to say, unfortunately, yeah. no. Unfortunately, I was no. Thinking, I was thinking more in a general sense. Like, did you... Did- <laughs> Do we do hand? Did we do hand stuff this weekend? I had a lot of birthday parties to go to. Um, Got it. Got it. And no sleeping with married men this weekend that are not your husband. I mean, at least slept with a married man, but it yeah. was her you husband. Yeah. He was so. married to her, so I don't know if that counts. Mm-hmm. I was going to add Sarah Huckabee Sanders in here, but I just felt like the employing child labor was just in a different child labor. I will say not me, but one time I I saw a seamless delivery person that did look underage. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I mean? Like that's a bummer. That's that's probably the biggest possibility (laughs) out of all for, for where I'm at in my life right now. They're just like us. I'm giving, I'm giving a Sarah Huckabee Sanders rising. <laughs> a Sarah All Huckabee right. Sanders son. Beautiful. All right. So the Daily Mail is out with a report. It's So it's only from the Daily Mail, which like when I don't like what they say is wrong. When I like what they say, I think they are P- P- Pulitzer worthy reporters. They well, are that's claiming just that. horoscopes, baby. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> they are claiming that Republican South Dakota Governor Christy Nome has carried on a secret affair with Trump aide Corey Lewandowski. So this is like a Trump aide that I think even Trump fired. He's like gotten in trouble for like being like getting physical with multiple people, screaming in people's faces. This is not a good dude. And these two people are conservative family values proponents. They have like 50 years of marriage and seven children between them. I don't know why. In the article about the um, Brady Bunch, yeah, Yeah. the article about Lewandowski, it kept referring to his wife as a 9 11 widow, like over and over again. So, like, like, it was just every single time, it was just like her main descriptor. So, like, that's part of his like Republican cachet is that he married a woman. Bonafide is that he married someone who was affected by 9 11. That's only in the Republican world could that be like, and look what I've done. Like, what? Right. Is there any Democratic equivalent? It would just be like, I don't know, met Obama once or like. <laughs> yeah. Or marrying, uh, like- honestly, dating Rosario Dawson. Mm, yeah. <laughs> That's, there I'm is, dating there Rosario Dawson. <laughs> but apparently these guys have been t- have carrying on an extramarital affair for years. It's like an open secret. Everybody knows. The first time these rumors well, came out was I actually surfaced by a Republican blog. Me neither. Surfaced by a Republican uh, blog. And now the Daily Mail is out with them. Kirsty Noam says these rumors are false and that she is uh, proud of the God-fearing family that she raised with her. Her husband, which is just like a bizarre flex. I don't know what that has to do with anything. Okay. I was sorry. I want you, I looked up her book and I want you guys to guess the title. Oh, Christy Gnome's oh. book. Christy Gnome's book. She's on a horse and she's holding the American flag. <laughs> okay. Freedom's um, in there. Freedom yeah. is, you say freedom. Um, uh, I think freedom is in say? there somewhere. I'm going to say um, um, freedom Mama to lead. Freedom. Mama Freedom. <laughs> I want you to be a little on the nose. Okay. A cliche that's on the nose. I mean, Amanda just said freedom to lead. Freedom, I feel like freedom, freedom to, to lead, lead is really good. That's good. That's good. Um, L- lipstick on a pig. Um, <laughs> to lipstick on a pig. All right. Title. Not my first rodeo. Wow. <laughs> uh, lessons from the heartland. Oh, wow. Of course. Wow. Of course. And it has her 
on the fucking on a fucking horse. Incredible. Apparently, neither of them denied this affair, too. Like, they reached out and then they didn't deny it. Yeah, I feel like this is such a random pairing that it rings true to me because I feel like if someone was going to make it... Totally. If someone was going to make up that Christy Nome was having an affair, I don't think they would pick Corey Lewandowski. They would pick someone with a little more cultural cachet now, you know? Can I be honest... I'm looking at her husband. I'm looking at Corey Lewandowski. I'm looking at Byron Nome. This is what I say. I would say if there was an audition, these guys would be at the same audition. They're in the same genre, same type. They're looking very similar. Definitely given. I mean, they would audition for like Cole's dad on like (laughs) Memorial Day sale for the iZode polo shirt, like advertisements. Absolutely. They are both they're they're both head to head. They're both uh-huh. getting callbacks. You know what I mean? They both look alike. So Chris, uh, I maybe think they're that a triple. The, maybe this is a polycule. And maybe, maybe that's why they're not denying it. And it's not, guess what? Not her first rodeo. Not her no, first no. rodeo. Uh, le- <laughs> the first lesson from the Heartland is to know what you like and go and for it. And she's really angling mm-hmm. to be to be Trump's VP. She's like, oh, she's absolutely. asking for it. She's begging for it. And I think that they, I think these things, I mean, they definitely have a, they definitely have that in common. It was making me think of the conversation we had last week about like, oh no, is Tim Scott single? What would that say about him? And it's like, you have Donald Trump who has his, ex-wife buried in his backyard at the at his golf club yeah. has like children from multiple women has had countless extramarital affairs and then yeah, these guys you, indicted, and then yeah on like for, 80 counts well but indicted specifically for having trying to cover up an affair he had with a porn star while married to the woman who was our first lady who had just had a baby at the time that that supposedly mm-hmm. took place so. And then the, the the top of the shortlist for VP, even in his, he's like sort of playing coy about it, but she's definitely going for it, and he hasn't ruled it out. Is this woman who now is accused of having a many years long affair with a with one of his top aides? It doesn't matter. His voters won't care. I don't think this well, will move them in either direction. I'm scared because when I clicked on the book on Amazon, it showed up suggested <laughs> other products, and oh, one no. of them was a hat that said. Um, Christine Noem 2024. So mm. it's a it's enough in people's head that there's a product made of it. Mm-hmm. I just hope I'm not I'm not served that product um, <laughs> between mm-hmm. my chafing uh, stick and um, you know European adapters <laughs> uh, that, that can <laughs> fix that algorithm, Jeff. Fix that algorithm. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy Gift Mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of 
gifts do you have for Dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner. Whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing, up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. We will go to our number segment. Today's number is 12,000. That's around how many auto workers are on strike today, the fourth day after the United Auto Workers Union authorized stri- authorized strikes targeting three U.S. assembly plants connected to big three automakers. And the main demands here are over wages, as always, but they're also asking for shorter work weeks, better benefits, and stronger job security. So a lot of these workers make $20 an hour while their executives make tens of millions of dollars. Wages have not increased with inflation, but executive pay has gone up exorbitantly. And these workers kind of find themselves in the position that many Americans do, which is that they work full time. They work 40 hours a week and they still they can't buy a home. They can't support a family without taking on a second job. And a lot of people that have been in this field for a very long time, like their wages haven't gone up, but inflation has. They used to be able to make a decent living with these wages and they're not able to. And they're seeing younger people start in the industry and not be able to, too. That's what's like that's what's been really, um, really like inspiring about this strike in particular. And it's probably a feature among all of them, but there's specific things here that auto workers now don't have that other generations used to. And it's really heartening to see the older generations say that they're out there striking to kind of reclaim some of those because specifically these workers are asking for an end to a tiered wage and benefit system. This subjects newer employees to worse pay and benefits. So that means that new employees and temporary employees, they get worse pay for the exact same work. Temporary employees are kept in temporary status for it sounds like way too long. They're functioning as full-time employees, but they're just kept in a temporary status, which means they don't get bonuses. They're, they miss out on a lot of things. And then it also takes full-time employees years to earn the benefits that their colleagues got automatically if they started decades ago. And that's because around the 2008 recession, a lot of automakers were like nearly bankrupt. The, the industry was going to completely go up in flames. So the union signed a deal with a ton of concessions in an attempt to like basically like okay, we'll do our part to try to help keep the industry afloat. And these concessions are kind of still still here. And a lot of the striking workers, like I said, are older and they're really motivated to get that same deal back and to get it for younger, newer employees that they had when they started in the industry. And obviously, like 
executive pay has recovered since the 2008 recession, but the fact that this system is still there. So a lot of what the auto, a lot of what the auto companies are saying is they're like, we're willing to negotiate on wages, but some of this we just can't do. We just can't take the hit. And then you see these people taking home, you know, $20 million paychecks. It's like, it's really just, you know, emblematic of what we're seeing in, through a lot of strike movements and, lo- and a lot of successful kind of like employee-led movements, which is that like people are very aware of and disgusted by corporate greed and starting to understand the scale of it. And when these companies say like, again, we can't do it. We just, we can't. It's too tight. It's too tight. It's like, yeah, it's too tight if you insist on making $20 million a year as a single individual who sits at a desk all day and these people are doing back-breaking work and you make them work for years and years and years to get any health care. Well, yeah. And it's also, I mean, just I feel like one of the other similarities between all the strikes is just people realizing that, again, these like corporate, these corporations will take advantage of any new technology, changing circumstance, et cetera, to try to make jobs that were once decent livings for people Mm -hmm. into gig work that will be unstable and unsustainable for the rest of their life so that they can fiddle with profit margins and keep their bonuses and do all that stuff. And it's just like, it's just funny when it's like, we talk about all these people who say like, make America great again or whatever. The time that they're talking about were time periods where an auto worker made a very dignified and decent living and they had union Mm. protections that were really, really strong. And like you could support a family on an auto worker's salary and have a really nice life and retire with that. And that's the same for like all of these different strikes that we're seeing. (laughs) These used to be jobs where you, you had to work hard just like anybody else, but you could make a decent living And corporations have exploited any sort of opportunity that they can to chip away at that. And now people are saying like, no, I'm not going to do the same work for less money and less stability and less benefits. We're not doing that. Yeah. And I think that, you know, especially given the auto workers, which I think is different than, you know, at least the Hollywood strikes or something, is that, um, I, you know, the unique thing with the auto workers is, I think you mentioned earlier, Amanda, they signed a shittier contract just to retain jobs in America because they were outsourcing so many jobs. Mm -hmm. And, and as things got better, yeah, like they, they want to get better conditions where, you know, so it's, it's just interesting as we talk about the models of, um, Hollywood and the model of writers striking all that. Like the unique issue is that if a um, show does really well and they profit and like something like Wednesday where it's like, you know, top fucking Netflix pick in like a hundred countries, those writers don't get a cent more, Um, you know, but then people are like, yeah, but if it did really bad, they wouldn't share in the pro in the company losing money, but it's like they do. They get mass layoffs. That's mm-hmm. how these companies were able to finagle this union sending a shitty deal in 2008. But but that's the thing is like when companies do well, who's the one that makes the money out of that? It's the investors. It's the 
you know, CEOs, it's the C-suites, all those people, and the actual people who are at risk of getting laid off, who are at risk, or, like they don't see any. So it's just like, what is the benefit of them working hard? You've mm-hmm. like left no incentive for them not to get fired another day. Like, it's just, you know, it's just coming to a head, like all of this natural thing where it's like all these Republican politicians and I'm not not just Republican, but a lot of Republican politicians really did a lot of work to gut unions, to cancel, mm-hmm. to make it harder u- to unionize and all of that. And just it's taken 20, 30 years. And now it's just resurging back because people are not idiots. You know what I mean? You can't just expect people to accept shitty conditions for the rest of their lives. Like, I just... There's no long game. It's like, so you can get, so your family can get another boat or another yacht, or you can get another $50,000 a year. You're going to not, you know, somebody can't afford to fucking put food on the table or like Jeff, again, Jeff Bezos's employees are pissing in cans and water bottles in a factory so that he can have another, uh, fucking boat with Lauren Sanchez's body on the bow. You know what I (laughs) mean? Like that is literally, that is what, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it's just like, it's really cool to see Democrats really standing up, you know, again, as we talk about Republican populism and how that's becoming more attractive to people, for people to vote Republican, the only consistent Mm -hmm. voice, and this is another thing Democrats have to do a better job of publicizing, but like, at least, at least what I'm seeing I'm only seeing Democratic politicians on the lines with yeah. strikers. Union workers, yeah. I don't see, I haven't seen one Republican on any, at any strike. Well, they can't be seen there by their donors, yeah. Yeah, local, and and there are Democrats that, tr- I mean, Biden even saying we stand with our workers. That is so radical. And that, so when people are like, it's the same, all these people are the same, blah, 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 blah. It's like, it's not true. Yeah. There, are, there's only one party out there at any fucking strike, no matter what, big or small, and we know which one it is. So that's just the end of my point. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a lot of empathy for auto workers from a woman who famously hates cars. So we really well, appreciate. <laughs> you know, but honestly, you know, if we want to, we don't want to get into it because Elise is reading Robert Moses' book and all that <laughs> shit. But you know, this country, fucking, because of. Big auto and all that shit destabilized, like made public transportation systems shitty and made our whole country like relying on cars. And then they're not paying workers and they're not, you know, whatever. We can get into it. So, mm-hmm. but we, yeah, yeah, we'll do that on the last episode. Maybe last episode we just give our takes. I was thinking for the last episode, we maybe just like do like a rapid fire and we give takes of like some things that we like maybe haven't. T- There's not really things we haven't touched for any real reason. Like we don't really have controversial opinions, but I think it would just be funny to do like rapid fire. <laughs> like what? Well, are there's, well, there's yes. things that we're all impassioned about. Yes. That yes. We, I would love to hear more about that. We, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That we never got is, to. Petting Joe Manchin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no. All right. Into the main news now. To start the main news, we just have like a, a, little, a little smattering of headlines here. It is climate week in New York City. World leaders will convene at the UN this week for the General Assembly. This week is also the UN Climate Ambition Summit. So that's going to be like a really big focus. There was a massive protest in New York City over the weekend. We're around 50,000 people. That's like the, the low estimation. 
gathered to demand swifter action on climate change, specifically to reduce dependence on fossil fuels. Many of the young protesters had sharp and well-earned criticisms for Joe Biden, whose administration has continued to approve oil and gas drilling projects. You know, as I was reading about this, I was thinking that, like, this is another group that tends to vote Democrat, and we take that for granted, but they're really reminding leaders that they can't count on their support if they're not going to take radical action to protect the planet. Uh, for some reason, Biden isn't attending the UN Climate Summit this week, and people are annoyed by that. Like, It would be really important to have some U.S. leadership there. So in response to this criticism, administration officials officials are basically appointing to the landmark climate deal that he got passed, which could have honestly been even bigger were it not for our friend Joe Manchin. And they also point to Joe Biden's recent decision to prohibit drilling across about 13 million acres of federal land in Alaska. However, the Willow Project is moving forward. There are some things that are happening and some you know, increased reliance on fossil fuels and reluctance to really pull the plug. Um, and I think that has to do with gas prices. When I hear people that don't know much about politics and what they're thinking thinking around the election. Gas prices come up a lot. <laughs> and as much as I wish people voted for other reasons, and for us, it's so obvious, um, maybe because we also don't drive, like that gas, you know, higher gas prices are a, a decent price to pay to not have like a fascist in power. But I mean, it's it's one of those things where I, younger voters are really, really not go, are not happy with politicians that aren't going to take radical action on this. And they're really making that known ahead of 2024. Uh, yeah, so it's kind of unfortunate that Biden isn't going to be at the UN Climate Summit. Uh, but you failed to mention that uh, Vice President Kam- Kamala Harris is going to be there singing the wheels on the electric bus. <laughs> <laughs> with an auto worker uh, by her side. With an auto worker next to her. I'm sorry. I he's not going to be at the Climate Summit, but he's like all around. He was like in the West Village having dinner last night. I don't know if he went to like Via Corota. And then he's going to be at like a Broadway fundraiser tonight. Okay. Yeah. That makes it's- sense because this girl, sorry, this girl that I know um, was having like her birthday party and she took these pictures and Joe Biden was there. And I was like, Amanda Corday does not know Joe Biden. But I'm just Where like, was it? Oh. I think it was I but now that makes sense. It's like I bet yeah. you she was at the same restaurant that like at this restaurant having her birthday dinner and then Joe Biden and Joe Biden came and they they took pictures with them. And they ordered the same meal. Mm. Well, right, right. <laughs> they ordered the same spaghetti. Um I it is the UN General Assembly this week, so that's yeah. why yeah. he's in New York, but I guess I don't know why he wouldn't just... And there's just like a specific summit that he's just not going yeah, to, which is bizarre, even though the whole theme stay. is climate, and I think he's going to be forced to say something on climate. Well, yeah, and especially because I do feel like climate is one of the things that he's got, like, he touts his climate agenda, mm-hmm. which, you know, in many, like, he should do that or whatever, but it's like, it feels like an easy slam dunk to just also as all these protesters are focused on New York for climate reasons, also speak to the UN climate summit. But I mean, yeah, I think that young voters in general are just rightfully very concerned about what we are literally seeing take place on the planet before our very eyes. And we have a Republican party where the people, the, the number one candidates for office won't even say on stage that they believe that climate change is man-made or that anything can be done about it. So maybe Joe Biden just feels like, well, when comparison to that, I don't have to go to the UN exactly. climate summit, but that's, yeah. that's also one of those things where it's like as good as Joe Biden is on climate, he does still seem behind 
where we actually need to be as this yeah. should be like really the number one issue of the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Well, Phoenix being 120 degrees for most of the summer all day is alarming. I mean, you can extract fossil fuels from the people making these decisions. They are that Yeah, old. they're old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good one, Amanda. Good one, Amanda. <laughs> good that one. was really good. I salute Thank you. you. Yeah, that was I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I did have that one in my back pocket. We were like, <laughs> I'm trying to work on like a map where it's like you're charting. Like Diane Feinstein, I, d- I know she's probably voting in favor of climate legislation, but she was born in 1933. The planet was so much cooler then. Like it is, it is absolute bananas. So yeah, I appreciate Let's the kind wrong, of like aggressive. Amanda. Is she voting? Is her proxy voting? She, well, yes, yeah, she, she needs to be reminded several times. <laughs> to vote but theoretically yeah. as she as is voting says, in favor raise your hand ma'am mm-hmm. raise your hand then yeah she's voting <sighs> oh it's so bleak it's so bleak all right so we'll be watching that and watching ongoing criticisms of him and seeing how his um you know his senior officials kind of communicate that but gen z is very amped about this and it's just like it sucks because we they're so like this generation i like we know they're going to turn out. They always deliver. And I feel like it means that some of our politicians can sort of get away with not engaging on this issue. But it was interesting when I was looking at um, the pictures of of the protests, like it was really all ages. I saw a lot of like more senior people um, out there sort of like saying the same strong statement. So there's a lot of votes that are, there's a lot of enthusiasm with this issue. And it's like people might stay home if they don't feel um for all of Joe Biden's like issues yeah. and people's frustrations with him. If he's also, if they also don't feel like he's eager enough there. Well, you know who dies in extreme heat? It's actually like Old seniors people. who are the yeah. most susceptible to a lot of this, like extreme weather stuff that we're seeing. A lot of times it's older people who can't easily evacuate during hurricanes or other extreme weather mm-hmm. events. They get stuck in their house when there's, when, fucking Texas freezes over randomly and the weather gets all Mm -hmm. crazy. They are way more susceptible to extreme weather events in general. So it actually makes sense for them to be alarmed. Yeah, I mean, this is a sensitive subject for me because this is how kind of I lost my grandma. But, um, you know, she was like on bed rest or, you know, something like that. And because of a hurricane, she had to move locations like too many times and just kind of gave, you know what I mean? And that's like a real reality of like, mm-hmm. even people who are very, like actually people who are old and sick, like they want to be able to yeah. stay in one place with like electricity and stuff. Uh, and that is a, something that I'm conscious of. As we get more and more hurricanes, as hurricanes are going, you know, we have a hurricane headed to the Northeast very mm-hmm. soon. Like, yeah, I, you know, it is going to be, it is a young person's issue, but it's absolutely, at least you're so right. Like an older person's. You yeah. Know, I thing. mean, that would be like a really good way to frame it for, for voters, especially like we know, like older voters are sometimes don't on average vote, vote Democrat, but that's like a really interesting angle. All right. Next for women's rights and women's wrongs. Today, we have a woman writing her wrong. Drew Barrymore announced over the weekend that she wouldn't be returning to her talk show amid the writers and actors strikes after all. So this announcement followed a five minute long video statement posted earlier in the week. I don't think we ever talked about it, uh, during which Drew apologized, she apologized to writers and said how deeply sorry she was in a way that you would have thought was leading up to 
an announcement that she was immediately going to to pause her plans, but no, she just said, you know, I'm I'm gonna do the show. People need the show right now. The show mm-hmm. apparently had already filmed a week of episodes and was set to start airing today on Monday. Uh, but Drew posted yesterday that she has listened to the criticisms and decided to pause the show until the strikes end. After the announcement, there were some other shows that were resuming, uh, the Jennifer Hudson show and the talk. They also made statements that they were going to pause production. The View and Bill Maher show are on the air without unionized writers. So, I mean, her pulling back had the exact impact that people said it would, like you're setting a standard and then immediately these others. Um, a couple questions here. I mean, what do you think made her finally change her mind? Because she was so resolute and seeming not to, to get it. And then finally... I don't know. In the video she posted, she was like, if you if you think there's a PR operation behind this, there's not. And then maybe her publicist yeah, was obviously. like, okay, let's get one <laughs> behind yeah. it. And we actually need a here. PR operation to become involved post-haste. Right. I don't think that Drew... I mean, Drew Barrymore has faced intense public scrutiny before, but I don't think that she has ever been accused of, like, selfishness and callousness and kind of like like an emotional crime on this level Mm -hmm. before and it goes (laughs) pretty against like who she is publicly at this time in her career and I do kind of feel like I think that Drew you know Drew Barrymore is an adult woman who has her own faculties and is responsible for her own decisions. But I do kind of feel like maybe someone got in her ear and was like, no, we can totally do this and Mm -hmm. it'll be above board with the strike. And actually you're helping a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And I, I I think that someone maybe bamboozled her a little bit. And then the intensity of the response, uh, unbamboozled her (laughs) to what was going on. I think she just went from being like the sweetheart and like this empathetic person who was so brave and valiant and, you know, thinking that the brave and valiant thing, I also will say like, I kind of disagree a little bit with Elise or I'm just like, I think the decision was driven a little bit by ego. Like, you know, it's just kind of like, well, I I know that this isn't, you know, I don't think she wanted to like harm the strike or anything, but she's like, this is above board. We're doing things differently. And I get to save all these people's jobs and all these things. Like, it's kind of like that thinking mm-hmm. like an inflated. And in the, I just found her apology video pretty disturbing it was just like it was wild it was very much again inflated ego and also like comparing like well we created this show or we did the show under covid and those were extenuating circumstances so we thought why not do it here and it's like you're this is apples and potatoes like it's just not even in the same shit and also yeah it is like this inflated ego of like, you don't have to be the one to save things. Yeah, you don't that's have what to struck be- me too is like, she acted like she was bringing back something that we all rely on on a day-to-day basis. And I know her show is popular, but she was just like, I I can be the thing that gets through people gets people through this challenging moment, which as much as the writers and actors strike is um, in the mainstream, people are aware of it. Right now, it is still impacting a small percentage of the American 
population. Like I'm not sure your all your blue collar workers who are really like that pressed about it. Like it's like it's not the same as as COVID. And just this, yeah. No, I, I, I don't want to dunk on her too much because it's COVID. like she did the right thing. But I found that video to be kind of the worst thing she did in the whole thing because it revealed this like it was giving. Nar- it, yeah, the fact that she felt yeah. like. She, like she was this like godlike figure that simply needed to rise to this occasion. And it's like, no, the the the, the nation can exist without the Drew Barrymore show for a couple more months. It's fine. The yeah, video like, was mm-hmm. the video was very weird and it was like four minutes long. And you think I remember like the first two minutes, I'm like, and certainly soon she's going to say that she's not bringing the show back. But then it <laughs> yeah. just is like you realize midway through, you're like, oh, no, that's not what she's saying at all. I do. I do feel like there is someone who planted the idea that she could bring the show back ahead of time. But I agree that I think that they also placated her ego by being like, the show is so important. Cause you can tell by that statement that like, she really thinks that she is doing a very serious, like karmic service mm-hmm. for the universe by putting on her show. <laughs> right. And like, yeah. I think it's a nice show. I think it's great for people to talk about their feelings uh, and to normalize talking about their feelings. But you could tell that like, she definitely was like, the world needs the Drew Barrymore yeah. show to be back on the air. And it's like, no, mama, yeah. no. Well, she took a lot of that, those think pieces that were like, Drew Barrymore is mm. amazing because of these deep conversations that she's having with people, you know, talking to Justin Long about like him getting kidnapped or Brooke Shields about to be like, I don't know. It is just like this inflated like self of importance that's like not based in reality. And honey, she got a reality check, baby. Mm. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. She figured that shit out. Whereas like Bill Maher's a dick and he doesn't care. I feel like it's less nefarious. I mean, the thing whether like I don't like Bill Maher, I think he's still like violating strikes. But at least his argument is that he's doing the panel. It's going to be all Mm -hmm. panel discussion and not like any of the written segments. And the view is basically panel discussion, too. So it's literally probably they can get away with like a producer or the research team being just writing up segments and not have or not writing like questions and not necessarily um, written segments with scripts and stuff. But still, it's still fucked. Yeah, right, definitely. Yeah, and I yeah. Think, well, I just feel like Bill Maher, like, of course fucking Bill Maher is going to come back. But, and, 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 and I think it's a similar ego thing where, like, of course Bill Maher thinks he, like, has a vital voice that needs to be on TV when he hasn't made, like, he has not made, like, a prescient point since, like, the mid-90s no. or whatever. Like, it, like, he is the most just... Uh, here's what I'll say about Bill Maher is I've only ever passed on one writing packet and it was for his show. I said, yeah, I don't that even, says a lot. even yeah. if I got the job, I don't, Gross. I don't even want to be yeah. part of it. Oh, that. well, at least it's better than me because I'll pass on a lot <laughs> of fucking jobs. It's the only, well, I guess you're better than me, I think in oh, that yeah, respect, maybe. but he's, but he, his is the only one where I said, that's a job I actually don't fucking need. Yeah.
That takes us um, nicely into Our Men OK. Today, we're discussing a man named Jan Wenner. He is the co-founder of Rolling Stone Magazine and is just really famous for his association for his development of Rolling Stone Magazine and kind of like being a tastemaker and creating like the kind of like celebrity around rock and roll. He recently wrote, wrote a book about some rock and roll icons. It's called Masters, and it features interviews he conducted with artists including John Lennon, Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger, and others while he was uh, running Rolling Stone. White men are the only interview subjects in this book. And when the New York Times asked when or why he didn't include interviews with women or people of color, I don't know if he could have given a worse answer. I mean, he could have been more like graphically racist, but he, he basically said – he basically said, I just wanted to talk to the people that like, this isn't a direct quote this part. He was like, I just want to talk to the people that I gravitated towards, like the people that I liked that meant something personally to me. But then he said, in so far as the women, just none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level. And these interviews are sort of like about rock mm. and roll as a concept. So he was basically saying like literally the the interviewer is sort of like, what are you – like Carol King, Stevie Nicks, naming all these these women. And he's literally. like, no, no, no. I was yeah, like, well, we're, Stevie not- Nicks walks this earth for you Absolutely. to say that when she is alive and breathing the air. It's like, fuck you, dude. Completely. And he's like, yeah, yeah, all those people are geniuses, but like I just basically he's like they just weren't articulate, like they couldn't articulate the vibe I was I was going for. But he said specifically say none of them were as articulate enough on this intellectual level, which that is a direct quote. And that's not that's poorly phrased as hell. As articulate no. enough. Okay, Jan. He went on then to say he thought of people like Stevie Wonder and Marvin Gaye as geniuses. He's like, no, there's great people. I'm not saying they're not, but they just didn't articulate at that level, at the level of, you know, the John Lennon's, Bob Dylan, Mick Jagger's of it all. He then said for public relations sake, he was like, I guess, you know, because of this whole situation, I should have found maybe like one black and one woman artist to include, even if they didn't rise to like measure up to his like historical standard, which is also interesting because it counteracts what he just said, where he was like, no, 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 they just couldn't talk about rock and roll like I wanted to. And then he says, well, also none of them measured up to the historical standard, which like, I'm pretty sure yeah. like, black people invented rock and roll. He said again, yeah. like, he tried to I'm sort of lean sure. into the, <laughs> like, oh, these are just my personal favorites. And so he he apologized um, and basically was like, and, you know, I didn't mean to diminish the contributions of women and people of color. Go read the full interview because the stuff that comes out of this guy's mouth, I think you can listen to it too, is just is bananas. He has since been removed from his leadership position at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which he's also an inductee in. I'm sure his publisher is furious. He Again, he released an apology, but like just, just so many dumb things to say. Just like number one, to have such a narrow, like have to have that narrow of a worldview to also be that that wrong it's like no nobody's like you gotta add a token black person and and woman it's like do you have a grasp of your own subject matter you sir what what this is like the soft effects of a white supremacist society i'm sorry but like these are all these things where you know if you look at the inductees of the rock and roll hall of fame like this man being in charge of it and having these views and not even mm-hmm. thinking twice to even think about how they would sound to other people and him being seen as this objective person that's supposed to judge like the accomplishments. There's no wonder it skews more male and more mm-hmm. um, white. 
And it's because these people, it's the thing of uh, unconscious bias. It's like they don't even think that it's wrong or they not, they're not questioning themselves. They don't have anyone else in their, in their, like, and it's kind of a failing of the fucking book of the publisher to not even have Huge. anyone on their staff be like, Hey, this book is great. Can you try to find, you know, two or three women or some people of color that can we can also include in this book? Like, there's a failure of soap for give that as an edit, as in like, and like he says, he's like, yeah, I could have just thrown that. It's like, no, no, no. It is a factual error for you not to include any people in this category that you've created. It's like, like you said, I mean, exactly the soft effects of a white supremacist society. It's like, it's also, this is supposed to be somebody who was the co-founder of Rolling Stone magazine, who presumably has had lots of experiences, has seen lots of the world. And like, he was comfortable enough and he got away with just being like, "Mm, no, actually only like for him, he's saying, like only people that speak to my specific interests are articulate. Anything yeah. else, that's that's not articulate. That's not the conversation that's meant to be had. But yet he anoints himself as the person who anoints other masters of rock and roll and then dares to say like, oh, but I, they're, just, they're just not my faves. Ugh. Well, I mean, it's all – this person is just uh, – the lack of awareness on so many levels is staggering. Like to even – to not know that – to say black people are inarticulate on any subject, (laughs) but particularly rock and roll is like, have you read a book in the last 25 years? Like like, when was the last time you engaged in one meaningful discussion that wasn't just you talking? Because for real, like (laughs) we, we we talked about this when like fucking Barack Obama was running for president, why we shouldn't be speaking Mm -hmm. about like black people in these terms. Not to mention what it means to say to police the way women speak and what and what I feel like is just that and what he does, what this guy doesn't even realize is that, like, what he's actually saying is, oh, women and black artists don't talk about rock and roll in the exact terms that I consider it. They don't talk about it the exact way that I think about it. I relate to so. And so that's being inarticulate when it's like, no, that's just having a different relationship with this music that's informed by probably their experience that is different from yours. And again, it's just it is also on the publishers and whoever worked with him on his book on this book, because it is I mean, it's egregious not to include women. It's insane not to have talked to one black artist about rock and roll music. That's insane. And this is the expert. He gets paid. He got probably like a million dollar advance. Maybe not that much, but he got a lot of money to to write about, to to republish old interviews, honestly. Yeah. And I'm also just like, he's like, they're not articulator. They're not speaking to shit as I would like to say. Dog, what's your fucking job? Like, isn't your job to extract meaning from these interviews and come up with your own synopsis or what or mm-hmm. what you think they mean and stuff? It's like so fucking lazy. Oh and, and if it was just a book about, hey, these are some people I liked and like he made it more like centered himself of like people. I, but it's I, we'd still honestly, clown on him. But to be like, there still, just simply was not anyone that could speak to this. Is and I just. Also, just on a funny, this is just so funny to name a book, 
master <laughs> and Always. it be all white men. <laughs> it's just like you're not even thinking of any there optics. Was, like there's just yeah, people none. who walk around like not being not understanding implications of any word choices or any like that that slavery existed at all. Like just fucking rocks in their brain, like smooth brain. <laughs> Well, he's like one of these people that just because he's old, he's just never going to he's not going to adjust to society. He's just like the one I lived in is the one that's just always going to be. And like, I think it's the reason why he only I think he's nostalgic for a time where the white supremacy was on even clearer display in rock and roll and where people didn't need to be included and where people that weren't white men um, weren't succeeding to the same degree and didn't get the same support. So uh, for him, this is almost like yeah, like he's clearly nostalgic for a time where people could get away with behaving like this, yet he still does in the year 2023. There was another part of the interview where they're really pressing him on like, because I don't know if he was like the editor or just they're pressing him on the University of Virginia story from a couple years ago. And he literally has a quote where he says like, people get so upset about this, but everything about the story was airtight except for the central rape <laughs> at the heart of it that did not happen. So this is what a man the, that just like it? does not... <laughs> Uh, does not like what is and that? this is a powerful person who a lot of people revere and it's just um it's so surprising that people can function and succeed with this narrow narrow of a worldview but yeah pour one out for that guy's a uh, publisher because that book is not um gonna sell <laughs> as warmly also, as i like, think they I expected know. also like guess what it's 2023 the time and the era that you want no matter how hard you fight is gone and we're all going to burn in Phoenix like, at 120 degrees, bitch. So you might as well familiarize yourself more with rock some and black roll people. Than that. And that's rock and roll, baby. <laughs> so you might as well familiarize. Yeah, you might as well Please, familiarize sir. with a black rock song. Right. I was going to say we're all going to burn in hell. Yeah. But it's burning Phoenix. It's burning Phoenix. I got to go listen to the interview because you can tell he's sort of musing to himself. Like Mar Marvin Gaye, he keeps making it worse and digging a deeper grave because he's like, okay, who could I have included? Marvin Gaye? No. Stevie Wonder? No. It's like Little Richard? No. Sir. Sir. Terrible. Is this man okay? No. no. Survey says no. no. Survey says no. He'll be fine. But this, uh, it's clear his unokayness is on full display with these egregious comments. I feel like there's only been one okay man in the history of our men okay, right? And I can't yeah, one or two, one or two. I think one. I I know we've said someone was okay before. Yeah, but I can't remember who or why. I think it was probably. I think it was another old person who stepped down. Oh yes, 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 yes. It was yes. another old guy who was like was I'm it too old, um, I'm the down. person Kentanji replaced? Mm -mm. No, that was years ago. We didn't have this segment yet. <laughs> I've been doing this. Yeah. Brown Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Kennedy maybe said something like that, but I'll look back. I'll look back in the archives. Maybe we'll, again, when we do our retrospective, we will, we will reflect on the only man that has ever been okay. Something tells me if it might anyone remembers who was yeah. okay, <laughs> which man was okay. That is our show until the end of democracy. I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.